You're listening to a message from Mattia Ermler, lead pastor of Southridge Church in San Jose, California. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we hope you will stay connected with Southridge by liking us on Facebook or by following us on Instagram and Twitter. Search for the handle at Southridge Now and click the follow button so you can receive uplifting, encouraging content right in your feed. Thanks again for listening. And now, here is Pastor Micaiah. Southridge, good morning. It is great to see you. I'm so glad that you're able to jump on and join with us. Hey, do me a favor. Tell me your name, where you're watching from, and uh, greet somebody on the chat. It is my wife, Jane's birthday. Give her a shout out. Say happy birthday. Uh, Give her some love. She does so much for the church and for my family and for our church family. So I just want to wish her a happy birthday. Also, if it's your birthday, I know several this week have had a birthday. Let us know. We want to celebrate with you. Well, today I want to turn our attention to Matthew chapter number 17. It's a powerful pastor scripture. In Matthew 17, we see Jesus has just come down off the Mount of Transfiguration. It's at this point that he meets a crowd that's at the base of the mountain. And they're coming to Jesus because there's a father who has a son. This son has demon-possessed, suffers from seizures, epilepsy. He's thrown himself into the water. He's thrown himself into fire. So what the Bible's telling us is this son's actually suicidal from all of his pain, from everything he's going through. And this father had asked the disciples that didn't go on the mountain of transfiguration, they asked that they could heal his son. The disciples weren't able to cast out the demon. They weren't able to heal his son. So the father, depressed, dejected, doesn't know what to do. So he comes to Jesus, and that's where we pick up in Matthew 17. Verse 14 says, And when they were come to the multitude, when they came to the crowd, there came a certain person to Jesus, and he said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is uh, is possessed, and he falls into the fire, he falls into water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they couldn't cure him. And uh, and that's interesting, isn't it? They couldn't cure him. Today we're looking for a cure. Today we're looking for the ultimate cure. And we can't find it. We're looking to modern science. We're looking to technology. But here, this father had it. He went to Jesus for the cure. He went to the only source that could heal, the great physician. Notice what Jesus said. He turned to them and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long should I be with you? How long should I suffer you? Bring the boy to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus alone and privately they said, Jesus, why couldn't we cure him? And then Jesus says this, verse 20. He said, because of your unbelief, for truly I say to you, if you have faith as the size of a grain of mustard seed, you'd be able to say to this mountain, remove yourself and the mountain would move. And then Jesus says something. He says this, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. And Jesus finally said in verse 21, this kind only happens because of prayer and fasting. This morning, I want you to understand something. The problem that you're going through really isn't the problem. It's what's underneath that problem. You see, the disciples thought our problem is the fact that we have this huge mountain, the mountain being a demon-possessed boy that they couldn't cure. But Jesus said that's actually not your problem. You see, some of us today think our problem is this COVID-19, the coronavirus, that's not our problem. Some of you are sitting here and you're thinking, my finances is my problem. You're thinking my addiction is my problem. My marriage is my problem. My child's my problem. My boss is my problem. My, my life is my problem. 
Jesus is going to teach us something powerful, that our problem is not what we see on the surface. That's a symptom of a much deeper root issue. And Jesus is going to get to it. He's going to get to it. But these disciples, they've got this mountain of a problem, and they don't know what to do about it. This father's discouraged. He doesn't know what to do about it. And many times, you and I, we can be intimidated by our problem. You see, this demon, he's flexing, isn't he? He throws his boy into the fire, throws him into water, tries to kill him. This demon is always flexing. If there's one thing Satan would love to do, it's intimidate you during the season, to get you to be afraid, to get your fear to limit your faith, to get you to see all the mountains and to never see a miracle. And some of you, you have given up hope that there's ever going to be a miracle. You think all that I'm going to see in life is just these mountains. Well, Jesus came with a solution to his disciples and he's got a solution for you too. You said, what is that solution? Notice that the disciples, they came to Jesus after he healed the boy and they said, Jesus, we need to talk to you privately. And they said, Jesus, we failed. And it's in that failure they were about to learn their greatest lesson. Some of my greatest failures have taught me so much about God, about life, about relationships. It's often failure that's our greatest teacher. So maybe you've just experienced a great setback, a great failure. I want to let you know that if you'll have the posture and the attitude of the disciples that come to Jesus and say, Jesus, hey, we messed up. Something happened. We don't know what happened, but we're coming to you. You see, it's when we're alone we learn our greatest lessons. This is a season where we are isolated. Many of us have a little bit extra time to get alone with God, to seek Him. You see, Jesus always taught His greatest lessons when people were alone. You want to go deeper in your walk with God? Get alone with Him. Get close to Him where He can speak these truths into your heart because the most powerful truth is the truth you're about to receive this morning, the one you're about to hear. And so Jesus, when his disciples came to him and said, Jesus, privately help us with this, Jesus started to unpack their greatest issue. He started to let them know what their problem was. And he said, your problem is not the mountain. The reason you didn't get the miracle has nothing to do with the mountain. He says, it has to do with your faith. This morning, I know that sounds like an oversimplification. You're thinking, what are you talking about, pastor? I'm a Christian. I've gone to church. I've done all these things. I pray. Why don't I have more faith? Why don't I have this? Jesus wants to help you this morning. Your eyes and my eyes are often on the mountains and not on the miracle. But Jesus said even more specific, even smaller, let's look at something else, something else deeper. He says, you just have to have faith. And maybe you're thinking, yeah, the faith of Billy Graham, the faith of my uh, great grandmother who was an awesome Christian, the faith of my pastor. If I just had a big faith, I could do big things. But Jesus doesn't say that, does he? Jesus actually says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, do you know how small a mustard seed is? You see, you would think if I have to do something big, I need something big to do it. Jesus actually said, your miracle doesn't have to be the same size as the mountain. Your faith doesn't have to match your mountain. You can have small, seemingly insignificant faith to do significant things. So this morning, I want you to understand something. This promise has no partiality, meaning that as long as you have some faith, you can move the mountain. Because why? The mountain has reached its growth potential. Your faith has not. Today, people are talking about when is this virus going to peak? Has it peaked? 
we're hearing about peaking. Some of you, you've seen sports athletes and actors peak in their career. Maybe you've seen a peak. Maybe you've seen a peak in your finances, a peak in your relationship. Uh, you know that, man, I think I peaked too early. I got there too soon. And now I'm just kind of on that decline. What Jesus is trying to tell his disciples is that that mountain, that problem you're facing, it's peaked, but your faith should never peak. Edmund Hillary, we talked about him on Easter Sunday. 1953, he was the first person to summit Mount Everest. Edmund Hillary also made another attempt in 1951. It was a failed attempt. And as he was talking to reporters, they had placed a picture of Mount Everest behind the podium. And he stopped in the middle of that interview. He turned to that portrait of Mount Everest and he said, you defeated me, but you can grow no higher but I can. Two years later, Edmund Hillary conquered Mount Everest. You can conquer your mountain because it's reached its growth potential, but you have not. The only thing that's, that is limiting you is your mindset, the way you're seeing faith. That as long as you see that, oh, I have to have bigger, better, more faith. No, faith is a seed which has unlimited potential. And so Jesus is trying to get us to the point where he's saying, hey, that seed needs to be uh, planted so that it can germinate, so it can produce something. So stop looking at your problem this morning or this evening, wherever you're at, and start saying, God, help me with my unbelief. The gospel writers retell this passage in three other places. In Luke's gospel, it says the father admits to Jesus and says, Lord, I know I'm struggling with my belief. Help me with my unbelief. And Jesus steps in and he helps him. This morning, wherever you're watching this, you may be struggling with your unbelief, but I'm telling you, it just takes a small step of belief. It just takes that step of belief that says, you know what, God, I'm gonna be like Peter and I'm gonna step out of the boat and I wanna walk on water. I'm just, just enough faith like Moses to lift up his rod over the Red Sea and to see it split. Just enough faith like that lad bringing a couple loaves and a few fishes to Jesus and feed 5,000. Just a little bit of faith where you like Joshua are gonna lead the children of Israel around your Jericho and you're gonna see those walls come down. Just enough faith like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to march into that fiery furnace and to see that they are not burned, that they didn't even smell the scent of ash on their garments. It's enough faith to say like David, with just a slingshot, I will face down giants. It's just enough faith that you'll say, you know what, I believe I can see my relationship restored. It's just enough faith to say, I'll overcome my financial situation. It's just enough faith to say, we can get beyond this pandemic. It doesn't take great faith, just seed faith. You see, the seed is no match for your situation. You just need to understand that this morning, that the seed of faith is no match for your situation. Because why? The seed has potent potential. My wife, she's a great cook and we try to be healthy. And so we, we bought the Jack Laline juicer and we were juicing some fruits and vegetables and it tastes delicious. Well, one morning she made me this green juice and I was all excited to drink it. I took one sip and spit it out. It tasted vile. It had this strong, pungent taste. I couldn't swallow it. I couldn't get it down. And I told my wife, I said, babe, what did you put in this drink? She's like, same thing, carrots, cucumbers, kale. I put in um, celery and just the normal stuff, apples. I said, something's wrong. So I grabbed one of the vegetables and I just took a little taste of it and tasted it. And man, it had a strong taste. Come to find out, in the grocery store, they put the kale 
and the mustard greens right next to each other. And guess what? They look almost identical. You see, it just took a little bit of those mustard greens to overpower that juice. Your little mustard seed faith has enough power to overcome any obstacle. He says, nothing will be impossible to you. But do you believe that? We are in a season where we as a church need to see it. Your faith needs to see a miracle. Your neighbors need to see a miracle. Hey, this world needs to see real miracles. There's real problems, but we don't have enough people that said, you know what? I just need faith the size of a mustard seed. I don't have to have Billy Sunday, Billy Graham's faith. I don't have to have D.L. Moody's faith. I don't have to have Charles Spurgeon's faith. I don't have to have any Rick Warren's faith, Joel Osteen's faith. I just got to have a mustard seed of faith and God will help me to overcome these mountains. These mountains will fall. These things will be removed if you and I will get our minds off of equivalency. You think that your faith has to match the mountains. It doesn't this morning. This morning, you just need the faith to say, God, I just need a mustard seed. Lord, help my belief because God, I'm staring down a situation. I don't have a job. I'm staring down a situation. I'm not in a relationship. I want to be in a relationship. You're staring down a situation where you say, Lord, I need you so much right now. I've never needed you as much as I need you right now. It's in that moment that God says, that's what I want. The late, great Adrian Rogers said, I've never met a man too small for God to use, but I have met men too big for God to use. This morning, this evening, if you feel insignificant, if you feel small, that's where God wants to step in and be big. That's where God wants to do a great miracle in your life. I don't know all that you're going through. I just know that there's families watching right now who have suffered the loss of a family member. I know there's people watching right now who have suffered the loss of employment. I know there are people right now who have gone through a stroke. Some of you are watching right now from a hospital room. Some of you are watching right now and you're on your last your last legs. You're barely keeping it together. You're contemplating suicide. You're contemplating giving up. This, this pandemic is mentally and emotionally affecting you. And you don't know how you can keep leading your family, loving your wife, you, how you can keep going to work. You are struggling. And I'm telling you this morning, you need that faith that can move the impossible. That faith that can break addiction. That faith that can overcome the depression. That faith that can overcome everything that we're experiencing right now. The faith to help you understand that there's going to be another day. That this is not the end of us. This is just the beginning of something brand new. Something greater that God wants to do in you and for you. Just like God took care of that, uh, that, that boy, that, that son who was struggling, God says, I can take care of you. I can help you in this moment. I can do a miracle on your behalf, but we've got to humble ourselves and say, Lord, I need you because you and I, we have not peaked. Your faith is not peaked. There's more that God wants to do in you and through you. But you say, pastor, how do I get there? Verse 21, Jesus said, this kind only happens when you pray and fast. You know what prayer is? Prayer is planting. It's planting that seed. That's what prayer is. And you will reap a harvest as you pray. As you say, God, I'm going to give this to you and bring up that situation. My wife shared a, a powerful story with me. She'd been praying for a long time to find some hair clippers. She'd been looking everywhere and they're price gouging. Can't find any hair clippers. And I didn't know two nights ago, she gave it to the Lord. She said, I can't find it on Craigslist, eBay, let go. I can't find it on Walmart, Target. Can't find clippers. The only ones I could find are $160. And I know they're not worth that. So she prayed that. And yesterday I was talking to a friend. And I was saying, hey buddy, can I borrow your clippers? And he said, this is so crazy. You're asking me right now to borrow clippers. I'm walking down the aisle at Costco and they just put out a whole pallet of clippers. 
So I grabbed one and uh, I got down to Costco, grabbed a pack, went home to my wife and I was like, look, babe, look what I got you. I got you some clippers. And she said, I didn't tell you this, but I was praying that God would provide some clippers because I couldn't find any hair clippers. Now, it's a small story, silly kind of, not that big, but it's a demonstration of how God can move your mountains. God could take those problems and solve them. But you know what? God, when it comes to our prayers, he doesn't, we won't see the answer. There's a 100% guarantee that we won't see an answer to a prayer we've never asked for. You say, man, your wife, she asked for clippers. I need to ask for a job. Well, have you asked? Have you prayed? I need a husband. I need a wife. Have you prayed? I need a new career. I need to overcome this addiction. What are you praying about? How are you seeking God? You see, the illustration is this, that while Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, what were the other apostles doing? He kind of was uh, letting them know that, guys, while we were up there, you should have been praying. You should have been on your knees seeking me so you would have been able to handle this. So you and I, we have a moment. You see, crisis reveals our reaction is to pray. But some of us, we have a rhythm of prayer. Prayer is life. It's breathing in, breathing out. And so right now, the greatest decision you can make is to pray to receive Jesus as your Savior. Have you done that? Right now, would you pray this prayer? Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I want to receive you into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me new. If you prayed that prayer, this day is the, starts the brand new day of the rest of your life. Or maybe you need to pray what that father prayed. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And that's your prayer. You say, God, give me that faith the size of a mustard seed. And man, let that thing germinate and let it grow. God bless you. Thank you so much for watching. I pray that you'll stay connected with our church. We love you and we're here for you. Also, if somebody needs this message, would you share it with them? Would you let them know about Matthew 17 and how it can change their life? God bless you. Have a great day. I'll see you next time. We hope you were encouraged by today's message from Pastor Micaiah. If it was a blessing to you, don't forget to share it with a friend or family member this week. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear them. Get in touch with us by visiting SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect. Again, that's SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect.